Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you again on this fine Sunday morning, uh, on this long weekend. And if you're tuning into church, uh, maybe from your campsite uh, or wherever you are uh, at home, maybe you've got someone around and, and watching it with someone. And, uh, and I hope that you uh, spend these next couple of weeks as you feel comfortable um, getting together with someone and watching church and, and sort of being the body of Christ together on a Sunday morning. We're not going to do our Zoom after parties anymore because we're encouraging people to get together in person in some way, uh, as, as people feel comfortable. So I encourage you to do that um, if you haven't done that this week. Um, one thing that I need to mention that you should have already been made aware of through uh, an email that I sent out a week ago is that we're making a plan to uh, begin in-person services on the 28th of June. Now, we're still working through all the, the details of that, um, and they'll be very limited in number. There'll be a way to, to sign up, which we'll let you know. Um, but I guess my heart is that you would begin to prepare for that because that's going to be different to what we're used to. We're not going to walk in and, and see each other and see and interact with each other the way we uh, had before all this happened. Uh, and so we just need to be prepared in our minds and our hearts for, for a different uh, experience when we come to church um, so that we can be present with each other and with God and, and sort of lean in to what God has for us as we gather together. Of course, we'll still um, do our live streaming as well while we're doing that. Um, and so there's no pressure to come back to in-person services. You'll still be able to connect in exactly the same way with the same links. All the things will be the same. Um, except it won't be edited and it'll be live. And so all the mistakes that we're making every time we do this, you'll see, which will be fun. Anyway, uh, this morning uh, I'm going to begin a new series called Hearing God's Voice. Hearing God's voice, and we're going to talk about this for the next three weeks. Uh, we're going to this morning talk about hearing God's voice through His Word. Next week, we're going to be talking about hearing God's voice through His Spirit, and then hearing God's voice through His people. And so, this morning, I want to sort of set this idea up of hearing God's hearing God's voice and um, through His Word. And I want to read a passage uh, in Exodus three, which is a very well-known passage, and you'll you'll recognise it if you've been in church for a while. It says this, Exodus 3, I'm just going to read the first four verses. It says, Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the, the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw the bush was on fire but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. And God, we thank you for the opportunity we have to hear your voice. And God, I pray this morning um, we would do just that. We would hear your voice. And I pray that you would um, help us to lean in to what it is that you want to speak to us about. Help us to have the faith to obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. In our world today, there are so many voices that we can listen to. So many voices, so many opinions, so many different mediums through which those voices come. We've got TV and media, movies, Netflix, podcasts, books that we read, friends that we talk to, politicians that we hear. We've got Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all the uh, social media platforms as well that are telling us different things. 
we've got our own family members, we've got maybe our enemies telling things to us as well. There's so many voices that we hear. But I guess the challenge for us and the question is, is the voice of God one of those voices, voices that we hear? And more importantly, is the voice of God the loudest voice that we hear? Out of all those things, the voice of God is the only one that speaks 100% truth. He speaks wisdom. He speaks life. The voice of God is the one that will steer our life in its best direction. And so this morning I want to talk about how we hear the voice of God. All the other voices will still be there, but it's about honing in, tuning in, focusing in on what is the voice of God saying. What does it sound like? You know, I think... To hear the voice of God, some, there's some foundational truths we need to first understand. Because when we understand these foundational truths, it will enable us to hear the voice of God with more clarity. And these foundational truths, you'll, if you're a follower of Jesus, you'll, you'll know these things and you would have heard these things. But we really need to believe them deep in our heart. And they're things like this, that God loves us. That he loves us. He has a good plan for us that he desires relationship with us, that he desires the best for us. He doesn't want to harm us, but he, he wants um, good to come in our life and from our life. God also wants us to hear his voice. God is not someone who is elusive or trying to hide himself from us. But instead, he wants us to hear his voice. And when we begin to understand these foundational truths, that he loves us, that he's for us, that he's speaking, and that he wants us to hear his voice, it will enable us to hear his voice with more clarity. We can trust what he says. We can trust who he is. You know, he is our father God. And when a father wants to speak to his child, he wants to do it to either instruct, uh, to warn, to encourage to challenge, for so many different reasons. But ultimately, he wants to speak because of love. Whatever a, a father who loves his children wants to speak, it's with that sense of love. I'm telling you this because I love you. You know, I think of the times that I speak to my boys and when I'm telling them something, um, you know, or warning them something or telling them to, to get their act together or telling them to be kind to, to someone else, it's, it's because of love I have for them and the potential that I see in them. I want them to grow. I want them to become the best version of who God's creating them to be. And it's the same with our Father in heaven. He is the perfect Father. He is the best Father. And so when he speaks, he speaks with love. Whatever he speaks, it's with love. It's with our best interest in mind to help us to become the best version of ourselves that he's created us to be. So the Father loves us and he wants to speak with us. He wants us to come close to him so that we can hear his voice. You know, there's a passage in John 10, uh, verses 1 to 5. It says, Truly I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. This is Jesus speaking, by the way. Verse 2, The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. 
They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. Jesus is telling us here that the the sheep, Christians, followers of Jesus, know the shepherd's voice, know God's voice. They recognize it and they obey it. They go where um, it tells them to go. And the voice is not blended in to all the other voices. It's not even blended into all the the barring and the marring and the the bleep and the meeping and whatever the sheep uh, are are trying to speak. But the, the shepherd's voice stands so clear above all of them. It stands out and they listen to it regularly. They're always listening for the shepherd's voice because it's the voice that gives them provision and protection. You think about a sheep and a shepherd. The shepherd's voice is there to provide for them, to show them where the food is and to protect them, to get them away from danger. And so the sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. It stands out, it's clear. Others' voices don't care the same way that the shepherd's voice does. And when we know this good shepherd, when we know Jesus, we understand his love for us. It's second to none. His desire for us has no comparison. When we understand this, we're more eager to lean into his voice. But if we think the opposite, if we think he's not a good shepherd or he's just another voice or another opinion that we should listen to, we won't lean in with the same intensity. We won't have the ears to hear what it is that he wants to speak to us about. So you see, the way we view God, what we understand or who we understand God to be, really helps us or hinders us in hearing his voice, in understanding what it is that he wants to say. If we don't know him, if we don't know who he really is, we won't desire to lean in and hear the voice. When we get close to him, when we understand who he is, when we see him as the good shepherd, when we see him as the father who loves us, we will hear his voice more clearly. You see, hearing comes from intimacy. When we are close, we hear with clarity. God is not someone who wants to stand on one mountain and shout across a valley to another mountain. But he's someone who wants us to come close to him, to draw close, to hear his voice and to know him. You see this passage that we read at the start, Exodus 3, Moses and the burning bush. Moses sees this sight. He sees this bush that's on fire but it's not being consumed. He recognises there's something there. There's something happening in this moment. And instead of just going, hmm, that's interesting, I'll, I'll tell my friends about that, he decides to go over. Listen to what it says. He says um, in verse, halfway through verse 2, um, as Moses looked, he saw the bush was on fire but not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to the bush. See, God was enticing Moses to come close to him. He was giving him a sign. He was prompting Moses to, to draw close to him. Moses goes over. He draws close to God. He saw something that got his attention and he leaned in. He didn't say to himself, hmm, that was interesting, but it wasn't God because I didn't hear anything. He didn't say anything, so I'm just going to keep on going with 
going on with my day. It was only as he drew close that he was able to hear the voice of God. Jeremiah 29, some very well-known verses, especially this first one, verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you. Uh, This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your well-being, not for disaster, to give you a future. And I hope this is who our God is. This is what our God's desire for us is. You will call to me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me when you and find me when you search for me with all your, your heart. When we draw close to him, when we come after him, when we lean into him, we will hear his voice. We will understand who he is. God's plan for our life is to be found. His voice in our life is to be heard. And his words in our life are to be obeyed. I'm going to say that again. God's plan for our life is to be found. His voice in our life is to be heard and his words in our life are to be obeyed. God speaks to Moses at this bush on his level and what he needs to hear. You know, God speaks a personal language to each of us. You think of Jesus and um, the disciples. To those that are fishermen, he speaks about fish. To the farmers, he speaks of seeds. To you and me, he will use what we know and our own experience to reveal himself and what he desires. So don't compare God's voice in your life to God's voice in someone else's life. God's word for you is personal. His word for you and his voice in your life is going to make sense to you. Ultimately, God's voice, he wants to reveal who he is. He wants us to know him. When we get close, we get to know who this God is. Who God is determines what he speaks. You know, before we talk about even how he speaks, we need to understand who God is, as I've been saying. And when we understand who he is, we begin to to understand how and what he speaks. When Moses comes to this burning bush, he gets some instructions. It's a pretty big mission. If you know the story, he's told you know to go to pharaoh and let my people go and lead my people out of egypt and into the promised land and it's a big mission it's a scary mission and moses begins to worry oh, i don't know if i'm the right person for the job i don't know if i'm hearing god right and what does god do in this moment god begins to reveal himself i am who i am don't worry about anything else at the moment moses know who i am Know who it is that's speaking to you. Because when you understand who it is that's speaking to you, you will trust my voice. You will trust my instruction and you will obey it. It will build your faith. And so this morning, this first week of this series, um, the idea is that God's voice can be heard through his word. God's voice can be heard through his word, predominantly through his word. We can all hear his voice, and we'll talk more about this next week, this, this idea of promptings and hearing from the Spirit of God. But at the end of the day, it comes back to hearing his voice through the Word of God. The Word of God is like the foundation. Nothing God speaks to us will contradict his Word. His Word is sort of like a tuning fork. When piano tuners go and, and um, tune a piano, so I'm told, so I've read, when they go and tune a piano... Uh, Often a piano tuner will have very good ears. They'll be able to hear a note and say, that's in tune, that's out of tune. Uh, And they'll be able to tune it just to the ear. But they'll they'll still test it with a tuning fork. 
just in case they're not hearing it right. Just in case there's something that's not quite perfect, they'll test it with a tuning fork. God's word is like that tuning fork for us. The more we get to know God's voice, the more we trust what we're hearing is God's voice. But at the end of the day, God's word is the tuning fork, which we come back to and say, does it contradict this? God won't speak into our hearts and into our lives something that contradicts his written word. God's word is like that tuning fork in our life. When we spend time hearing God's word, we grow in our faith and in our obedience. Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. So like Moses, when we hear God's voice, when we understand who he is, it builds our faith. And when we have more faith, we have more obedience. You can read James and understand that truth, that as we grow in our faith, it produces obedience. So the question, the challenge is, when we decide or we desire to listen to God's voice, what are we listening for? I think we can either listen for options or we can listen for obedience. And, and if we're listening for options, if we're saying, well, God, I just want to know what your idea is on this so I can weigh it up as an, op- an option in my life, as opposed to obedience, God, I'm listening to your voice because I'm going to do whatever it is you tell me to do. When we listen for obedience, we're much more likely to hear his voice, much more willing to speak to our life. When we read God's word, we grow in faith, and faith produces this obedience. So the encouragement is, this is really simple, to spend time in God's word. If you want to hear God's voice and you're not spending time in his word, then that's where you begin. That's how you start. That's where you hear the voice of God predominantly, through his word. Spend time in his word. Spend time discussing his word with other people. It speaks to you, and you can hear God's voice to you through it. You know, each morning, Alana and I, we have our morning coffees, and we we don't read it, but we listen to the word of God. We use the audio Bible, and we listen to the word of God together. And not every morning is a profound moment where God speaks something But most mornings there is something that God is speaking to one or both of us and we discuss it. We say, this is what God is speaking to me about. This is what God is speaking to me about. And as we discuss it, it refines what it is that we're hearing God say. We bounce off each other and we hear God's voice more clearly as we read it together. You know, just this week, um, an example, I was reading Psalm 60. we We were reading Psalm 66 or listening to Psalm 66 And part of what it says in um, Psalm 66 is sing about the glory of his name. Tell the world how glorious he is. Uh, It talks about how he made a dry path through the Red Sea and his people went across on foot. And I really felt that God was saying to me, you know, the way we praise him and the way we speak to others about him is one and the same thing. It's the same words. It's the same ideas. We don't need clever arguments to praise God. You know, when we think about praising God, we don't need all the right things and work out all our apologetics and all those sorts of things. We just praise him for what we know he is and what we know he's done. And I felt God saying, it's the same thing when you're telling others about me. You just praise me. You tell about who I am and what I've done. When we share 
with others from the overflow of our heart's affliction, uh, affection. Uh, people are attracted to that. People are attracted to what's attractive. So when we praise God, we're focusing on what's attractive about him. And he can part the waters. He can do miracles with whatever, whoever, and however we say it. And so I was just encouraged and hearing God's voice this week through his word. And I know there's so many others that you'll be hearing God's voice this week. And I encourage you to keep doing that, to keep spending time in God's word, keep spending time discussing God's word with someone else as well. Often God's voice is direct and not complicated. It's to the point. It's go here, do this, remember this, forget this, say this. It's one step at a time. And when that step is obeyed, the next step comes. Well-known verse in Psalm 119, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. A lamp on our feet for our next step and a light for our path, our direction in life. God gives us a direction, says this is the way we're going, this is the big idea, this is the mission, we're going to make disciples of all nations. This is the next step for you. This is the lamp for your path. And God's word is that for all of us. He gives us direction, the one next step. Not all the steps, not the entire plan, just the next step. As we spend time in his word on a regular basis, leaning in, trying to understand who he is, and what he has for our life. We will hear his voice. So pick up the living word of God and let him speak to you today, tomorrow, to give you words to live by, to remind you and to help you become the best version of you that he's created you to be. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that it is alive, it is active. God, that you desire to speak to us through it. So God, I pray for, for all of us that we would pick up your word with that um, intention to hear your voice through it. Not just for an option, but for obedience. God, help us to obey your voice. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining with us this morning, church. Like I said, we're not having a, a Zoom after party today or for the next couple of weeks, um, but we're encouraging you to, to get together. Maybe you've got someone around and you can have a coffee, um, encourage one another, and we'll see you again next week.